One Piece live action has graced us with its presence, and despite a huge amount of warranted nervous trepidation, it's fantastic. Among all the best parts of this revisioning of the beloved franchise, I think my personal favorite aspect of this new show has just been the opportunity to revisit the East Blue. Did we skip over some of my favorite parts on the cutting room floor? Sure, but I know the sacrifices had to be made. Rip to the best boy Hachi, hope they bring you back in season two. <laughs> The remaining members of the Straw Hats that will hopefully be brought in later because Netflix, please keep this show going, are all great, but there really is something different about the first five. I can remember reading and rereading the hundred or so chapters of Shonen Jump that I had of the East Blue arc. These characters are just special to me. I think what really sets them apart is the bond that Otosan takes the time to forge in the opening arc. You can really feel the bond of these crewmates and I never get tired of it. In fact, the bond this time around actually has me rethinking one of my very favorite scriptures. So let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and this not actually being the first good live action, okay? It's just another good live action. You all need to calm down. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're gonna be starting this one with our scripture. Our scripture for this video comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. As always, we'll be reading from the NRSVUE. That's our preferred translation here on the stream. If you have one that you prefer, feel free to use that one as well. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Let's start with a quick overview of the East Blue art covered in One Piece Live Action Season 1. I guess spoilers if you don't know who is in the Straw Hat crew, but I will not be covering any of their stories because they're worth experiencing by watching the show, the anime, or reading the manga, the latter being my personal favorite. One Piece, simply put, is an adventure story. The plot, while it does get fairly convoluted, is ultimately tied to the simple goal of the story's main protagonist, Monkey D. Luffy. Luffy wants to be King of the Pirates. The way that you become the King of the Pirates is by finding the mythical One Piece, which is the legendary treasure left behind by Goldie Roger, who, upon his knees in the gallows, told the world that it was real and that he left it all in One Piece. Roll credits. Neat. Again, you can make this much more complicated, but the Colonel remains here. Luffy has a dream. He wants to be the king of the pirates. The One Piece is the way to do that. It's ready! What is it? Or Jolly Roger. We are the Straw Hat crew. The big challenge here is that Luffy has eaten what is known as the Devil Fruit, which is a menagerie of unique fruits that bestow powers into one person. Luffy specifically ate the Gum Gum Fruit, which turned him into a rubber man. So he can do cool stuff like stretch his limbs out or inflate his torso and just be a goofy little guy. The catch to this is that the devil fruits have a side effect. They make the consumer incapable of swimming. In fact, they just kind of sink to the bottom of the ocean. A bit of a bummer for a pirate. But Luffy is undeterred, and we have a very old nerdy sermon about more of his character and all that somewhere here. Luffy doesn't really see being king of the pirates as where he will be someday. Instead, he sees that his journey has already gotten started. So, go watch it. 
For Luffy to become the King of the Pirates, he's going to need a crew. And so the East Blue arc of the series has Luffy venturing around the obviously East Blue and finding his first five crewmates. We start with the three sword wielding right hand man, Roronoro Zoro, or Zolo for the real ones. Zoro wants to be the world's greatest swordsman. Next, we have Nami, the navigator for the Straw Hats, and also a notorious thief. She is a confident but secretive person, and being the navigator that she is, wants to make the first ever completed world map. After that, we meet the ever-lovable braggart Usopp, who is the sharpshooter for the crew. Usopp kind of has the dream to become like his dad, Yasop, but to be fair, the guy just loves what he does and is along for the stories, like Aesop's fables. He's the storyteller, in my opinion. Finally, we meet our fifth crewmate and final of this season, Sanji, the thankfully less flirtatious in this series, Sea Cook, for the crew. His dream is to find the mythical All Blue, which is actually just kind of the plot of the latest indie game, Dave the Diver, where every kind of fish exists in one ecosystem. Hmm, Sanji DLC? Get on that, Dave Debs. So there's the crew. If you watch the show or read the manga, and you should, you'll learn all about their heartbreaking reasons for dreaming each of those things. But what's important to consider with each of these dreams is that for whatever reason, they are choosing to do them together in a crew. Usopp is the, I mean, <laughs> Luffy is the captain, but each member of the crew is unquestionably necessary to the journey ahead of them. And none of their dreams are just filler. They're all headed somewhere great. And they choose to go towards that greatness together. In fact, each individual goal is better achieved together. By gaining the awesome crew, Luffy is becoming the king of the pirates. By traveling with Luffy, Zoro is becoming the greatest swordsman. By journeying with the Straw Hats, Nami is plotting the world map. By being involved in the bonkers adventures, Usopp is gaining the greatest set of stories. By traveling to the Grand Line, Sanji is getting closer to finding the all blue. They are not just better for striving for things, they are striving for things better together. That actually brings us to our scripture for this one. This passage comes from the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew and is taken from a larger section about what it means to sacrifice oneself and take up the cross of Jesus, literally following the actions of Jesus and living by the burden of loving God and others. In this passage in particular, we have a discourse on disagreeing well. If another member of the church sins against you, Jesus instructs them to keep it between the two. Then bring it to a small group of leaders. Then bring it before the collected body. And then you treat them like an outsider. That's interesting enough. And we have some good commentaries on those thoughts and how we should handle disagreement in the church. But I chose the passage at the end of this chunk. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is a callback to a passage chapters before in 1619, where Jesus tells the disciples that he is giving the disciples the keys to the kingdom. So literally binding other people to the kingdom of God or loosening them from the kingdom of God, letting them sail off into the sunset. In other words, it is by the actions of the disciples that those are allowed access into and out of the kingdom of God via the church. Jesus is still the only way into the kingdom of God, but it is directly facilitated via the disciples, according to Jesus here. If two on earth agree about anything, it will be done by my Father in heaven. Okay, hang on, we gotta look at that one again. This isn't saying that God the Father will just make a billion dollars appear on this table in front of me, because the two of us agree that that should happen. We'll get back to what this does actually mean in a moment. The final sentence, where two or three are gathered in my name, I, Jesus, will be with them. I've always loved this verse. I've used it as a means to lift up worship as being this special thing where Jesus is with us. But hey, surely I will be with you until the end of the age, says Jesus. Isn't Jesus always with us exactly, right? The whole passage here is not to warrant that Jesus is with us individually, but instead that something bigger 
is happening here. This whole passage is about building a community and the level of seriousness with which we should be taking it. A related side tangent. I have been really weirdly targeted this week over on TikTok with these videos that are trending about icks. Have you seen these? The gist is that someone, generally a female in a heterosexual relationship, will post a video of their significant other doing something that they consider to be an ick. It can also be someone who is listing something that they would consider to be an ick if they saw a straight male doing it. The list started as cringy and I guess funny, but it quickly became devastatingly sad. It's an ick when men drink from a straw or do cartwheels with their daughters in the yard, or they tread water, or they ride a bike, or they do the wave at a baseball game, or they use all caps in a text message, or they ever use emoji. It goes on and on and on. Now I'm quite secure in my masculinity. I'm happily married to the love of my life who happily embraces my icks, of which there are many. I'm surrounded by toys. I know how to sew. TikTok girls would be so upset with my list of hobbies. But I've still been so affected by these absurd videos and I kept wondering, why does this matter to me? And then it clicked. Everyone that I know, that I meet through Checkpoint or through my peers or through the internet or through the local church are also freaking lonely. We are so lonely. And I think that it's because of this mentality that is invading our culture, the trite and surface level icks that cause us to cut each other out of our lives. It isn't even that we've set the bar too high, but consider the scripture again, it's that we've set a bar at all. In this passage, Jesus is discussing a sin, much worse, arguably, than an ick. And Jesus says, discuss it with them privately, then before leaders, before the whole church, then exclude them. Three times. Why? Why three times? Because you know what I see? I see too many Christians who aren't even willing to give the one chance let alone the three. And I'm not talking about forgiveness. I'm talking about even approaching someone. Forgiveness is infinite. Jesus says so. Seven times seven, 70 times seven. This is three times where we are even called to broach the subject in increasingly difficult conversations. Y'all, do you hear me? I've been excluded from Christian groups because people believe something about me that they've never even asked. They've never approached me, let alone with multiple leaders, let alone before the whole church body. Why? Is this important? Because we hold an incredible weight in our hands. We hold the kingdom of God within our grasp, and these disciples are being told here that they are that which includes or excludes from the kingdom of God. And when taken this way, what we bind will be bound. What we loosen, whom we loosen, will be loosed. And then, and only then, after we've gone through these three steps, these three uncomfortable confrontations, when those two or three, not just one, two or three comes together after having approached three times, after all this, they agree it's the best course of action, Jesus is there. Jesus is always with us personally, but Jesus is only willing to be in our assessment of sin when we take it seriously. If you have a problem with me in my life but aren't willing to broach the subject three times in increasingly more difficult scenarios, Jesus is not with you in your assessment. That's a pretty huge statement. Jesus is only willing to be in our assessment of sin when we take it seriously. If you have a problem with me in my life but aren't willing to broach the subject three times in increasingly more difficult scenarios, Jesus is not with you in your assessment. See, I've always thought of this scripture as being good because Jesus was there. But what if it's good because you're 
because you took the time to seriously consider someone's life before making some exclusionary judgment upon them. Jesus knows our proclivity. We are drawn towards exclusion, towards siphoning off into cliques, declaring our icks, and critiquing the lives of others. And so Jesus isn't making it easy for us in this passage. He's making it incredibly difficult because he knows that we are better together than apart. We are longing to rip apart the community that we have together, but Jesus is trying to keep it together because he knows the strength that we have in community. That is the wisdom of the straw hats. It's why I love their bond so much. They aren't bonded by that which makes them different, nor do they feel the need to give up their dreams to be together. Instead, they see that the truth of connection is that we can only hope to achieve our dreams in unity together. And it's by that greater goal that unites them that we even get anywhere near achieving our personal dreams. With all this in mind, what does this mean for us today? Being a part of the church doesn't mean you'll agree on everything. It doesn't mean that you'll be working towards the same personal dreams. It means that you're entering a covenant, a bond so strong that you will go to extreme lengths to break any tie because you know the cost of breaking someone off from the pack. It costs everything. And it's about time that we acted like it and actually started loving people into a relationship with Jesus. If you join up with Checkpoint Church, you're not walking some tightrope of right and wrong choices. You're entering a bond, a covenant, a place where we don't just give you the benefit of the doubt. We give you ourselves because we know that you are vitally important. We have made the choice. We came together and we decided that you matter. You matter and Jesus, praise God, is with us because wherever two or three are in agreement, I am there with you. We agreed on you. Jesus agrees that you matter. Whether you're a dreamer like the Straw Hats, a screw-up like the rest of us, or you're just waiting on somebody to actually welcome you into the church for the first time, know that you are always, always, always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this one. I so appreciate you taking time out of your busy days to join us for these nerdy deep dives every Sunday. If you want more of Checkpoint Church and what we have to offer, you can join us over on Twitch every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday where we're streaming, or you can join us where we're 24-7 active over on our Discord server. We're hanging out there all the time, getting lunch together, talking the talk, doing all that stuff. We'd love to get to know you better there. I'll link both of those down below. Hey, if you watched this far into the video, odds are you liked this one, so let me know that this is one of your favorites by clicking that thumbs up button and let me know that you liked it. If you want more content to watch, just like this one. We have some other nerdy sermons to recommend. You can go check out Pikmin 4. We talk about the importance of the communion of saints and those who have gone before us, how they tie us together. Or you can go watch Bochi the Rock, which is another anime about a band of misfits finding some harmony together, one of my favorites of last year. Or Licorice Recoil and another one of my favorite anime friendships around. I miss those two. Hey, quick question for you. If you could form a pirate crew of your own, what would be your crew name and what would be your goal? Mine would obviously be the Nerd Pirates and we would be seeking out the mythical Nerd Blue, where every video game you could dream of exists and time stops there so you can play them forever. A dream. Folks, with that, we're gonna be ending this one as we always do with our three things that we really do true about every single one of you out there at any point in time. Watching this video, we the number one, that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you, we want community with you, that's what we're doing here. And number three, believe that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place, why? Because you 
RNet. Folks, with that, until the next time that we see you, whether it be on Twitch tomorrow, Discord right now, or same time, same place here on YouTube next week for another Nerdy Deep Dive. I look forward to seeing you then. Till next time, bye-bye! We're 10! We were 10, okay? This is this needs context. Hang on. Hang on. We need context for this one. We're gonna need context for this next line, okay? In this in this made-up world, I was drinking some kind of mysterious substance that made me loopy earlier. So this is a weird reference. Mm. Nathan, have you been drinking again? Paul asked. I was a 10-year-old. I was a 10-year-old that again, reminder, I was talking about a drink in the game. He was not going through any stuff. He was fine. He was fine, and he didn't get the connotation of that reference.